Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. I'm not going to come at it with a somber tone. You can see already who my uh, who my guest co-pilot is, my irregular regular guest co-pilot is, Matt Wilhelm, who should have been in boxing because he pulls no punches. Uh, and, yeah, we're just going to get right into it because I think most people watch this, uh, the Tim May Show, uh, it's mainly – circles circles around Ohio State football and so Matt in a word what was your reaction uh in total to what you saw Ohio State three Missouri 14 in the Cotton Bowl uh I mean first one not to be super harsh was I'll say disappointment uh, and I, and I even talked as we talked kind of coming out of the, the post game with, uh, what is that? Um, with, uh, you want to start all over? You hear something? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I don't know what it is. Let me see. Oh, I know what it is. It's a, we'll just, we'll just start all over. Yeah. Start all over. When you get it cleared up. Hold on. I got a browser open in the background that just started playing music. Yeah. Oh, I've, I've had that happen a million times. Yeah. So or, now I'm or, good to go. Or YouTube. All right. Hey, we're starting all over. Spencer, we're starting all over. We're starting all over. And sometimes he doesn't, I don't think he even watches it. He just posts it, which pisses me off. (laughs) Anyway, I'll let him know. Anyway, we're coming down in three, two, and one. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, college football fans across the nation and around the world. This is Tim May with the Tim May Show. Yeah, that's my regular opening. Uh, Bottom line, as you can see on the screen, my co-pilot, once again, my irregular, regular co-pilot, Matt Wilhelm, former Ohio State linebacker, <laughs> former NFL linebacker of great repute. Uh, Matt Wilhelm, welcome, welcome once again to the Tim May Show. Thanks for having me, bud. It's always good to talk. Yeah, but you know why I'm having you. I mean, obviously, we set, we set this up well before the bowl game, but uh, hardly anyone pulls fewer punches when they're talking about Ohio State, college football, et cetera than my friend, Matt Wilhelm. And Matt, I just wanted to get you, you know, maybe a one word, give me a one word take. Sure. Here we are a few days away from Ohio State 3, Missouri 14 in the Cotton Bowl. Uh, Ohio State wraps up an 11-2 and season. I'm not sure wraps it up is the right term. It's more like folded it up and threw it away to a certain extent. You don't forget about the 11, but the two hang out there. But to see your alma mater, get beat 14 to three in the Cotton Bowl by basically the third, maybe fourth best team in the Southeastern Conference this past season. What's your take? Uh, one word. One word. Uh, so I, I've got one word. one word. And the first one that pops into my mind is, is disappointment. Uh, and yeah, I that's think pretty that, tame. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I also think, I mean, the other one thing as, as a former player, and I'm sure many of us feel the same way is embarrassing. Uh, and uh, so much of that has to do with, you know, kind of the narrative I even took uh, after, you know, losing to that team up north and being, you know, kind of partnered with Missouri in, in the Cotton Bowl, you know, non-January 1st bowl game, non-CFP bowl game, you don't beat Michigan, you don't play in the Big Ten Championship. Um, just a lot of boxes left unchecked by this, by what, that that 20, what was it, 2020 recruiting class, you know, that, yeah, uh, you know, Marvin. 2021 mainly, yeah. 2021 mainly. Uh, yeah. Just I'm a little bit in shock. I was, uh, you know, I was not ecstatic to be partnered with Missouri 
Uh, it didn't have the luster of the type of, I'll call it, say, the college football matchup that I think in Ohio State, 11 and one Ohio State football program uh, should be playing against. Uh, Missouri's that had a once in a decade type of season in the SEC, as you mentioned, uh, the, the third, fourth, or fifth best team, although they, they were better than that this year. They're just, yeah. they're just not a football school. You know, and I know that and, and it's like, and again, if you if I had enough drinks in me and you asked me, you know, prior to the game, you know, what what conference did they even play? And I might even still say they're in the Big 12, you know, oh, yeah. um, but it's just <laughs> it was just uh, it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't great. It, not, not, nothing was good enough. I think that uh, everybody that I've talked to and I'm sure you've you've done the same in the last couple of days that, uh, you know, that are fans of Ohio State football and also very critical of Ohio State football is um, yeah. if our offense just is good. You win the game, you know, uh, uh, 24, 14, 28, 14, yeah. whatever. Uh, but it's just, I, I mean, from the top down and I'm going to be extremely critical of the offense. I think that, you know, the offensive line was porous. Uh, <laughs> why, why, why the rotation, why the, you know, why this combination, why you stick with it? I don't necessarily know. Uh, it's unfortunate that Devin Brown, you know, gets hurt, but, he didn't do enough when he was in to show me that he's the guy next year. So it kind of leaves us with nine months of, you know, wheels turning, you know, you throw in the freshman uh, and I don't discount that freshman getting thrown in the fire. Uh, he should have gotten 25% of the game planning reps, you know, like most other teams do, you know, whether college and professional football, you got to have that next guy up next guy ready to be able to execute the offense. Uh, we shouldn't be able to run a playbook this big with one guy and this big with the next guy. And then, to just remove myself and, and watching other bowl games. Uh, a lot of other true freshmen just got thrown in there in the fire, whether it was, you know, the Georgia backup uh, or other, you know, other kids who had opt out or quarterbacks that left through the transfer portal had true freshmen. You know, I know they might've gotten the, the bulk of the, the off season uh, bowl game reps in practice to then go out and execute, but they executed. And I think that's the one thing that I'm a little, uh, I'm a little lost about is, uh, all of these highly touted three, four, five-star, you know, freshmen and sophomores that have stuck around to play in the bowl game, none of them really jumped off the page and impressed. And when yeah. you watch Georgia and you watch Bama and you watch Clemson and you watch other schools that routinely recruit inside the top 10, their freshmen are, are, are participating and playing very well uh, throughout the season and then participating and, and playing very well in the bowl game as well, which is yeah. a little bit of a disappointment that – uh, I think big time we're at a crossroads. Uh, I think the leash, you know, everybody, every time Ohio, uh, Ryan day loses to Michigan, everybody's calling for his head because of the success that we've been able to enjoy for the last 20 years with urban and, and, and Tress. Um, it's not the same. Ohio state football is not the same. And I think we're a little bit of a crossroads with, you know, the NIL and what needs to happen with those collectives around Columbus and to support this football team. I think, you know, for the first time, the, the transfer portals really hit Ohio State football. We've kind of avoided it the last few years. A few guys here or there, that's natural. But to have 13, now 14, another another receiver hits the portal, uh, what, today or yesterday when he announced uh, the Rodgers kid. Uh, so it's just yeah. we're in an uncharted territory. And uh, I'm not questioning, do we have the right guy uh, you know, leading the ship? I think we do. I just think that you go back to, and I think we had this a similar conversation last year, uh, you know, coming out of that loss to Michigan of like, what's going to be different coming into the 2024 football season. And I, so I think there's a lot of soul searching amongst the coaches and players on, on what 2024 looks like. Yeah. I want to hit on something though, uh, back in the game. Cause uh, if I'm looking at a facet of the Ohio state football team uh, against Missouri, I, I've rarely, I'm trying to think it has, you have to go back to the uh, late eighties when John Cooper took over and the cupboard was bare uh, to see an offensive line, in my opinion, that played as poorly as that offensive line played. I mean, we can sit here and talk about Devin Brown and Lincoln Keenholz in my opinion. And I said this after the game on radio TV and uh, YouTube with uh, lettermanroad.com. They never had a chance, man. I mean, no. Missouri, everybody, number one, you've got a first-time starting quarterback in Devin Brown. Anybody should know they're going to come after him with everything they've got, make him make fast decisions. And then when you put Lincoln Keenholz in there and it's on the five-yard line coming out 
They're going to come after him. They didn't successfully uh, successfully block these delayed blitzes. Well, Sometimes well, just well Tim, but they Tim, just, to even, wait a minute. Let me he, let me throw this. Let me finish. Ohio State, the quarterbacks had free runners at them almost all night. But, but Tim, off it's, the edge. And, and when you actually go back in and watch the film, and I've not watched it in its entirety, it's not even yes, the delayed blitzers and the blitzers, right? But they're but they're four exactly are winning are winning consistently versus our five. Oh yeah, you know, and and I so and here's where I think, and it's it's not some I can't say that I've been a head coach at the college football level before, or I've been a coordinator or a play caller at the, at the college football level. So it's I'm I'm being critical as a former player who's been in a situation and been around it. Um, yeah. Like we should have been in max if if we weren't handling their front, we should have released three and maybe check release to back out. Yeah. We should have run more quicks. I thought in and, and, and I think it's a little bit of something that's been consistent maybe against Ryan Day's play calling is so many down the field routes. Like every route is say eight yards or farther. And it's and it's great when you hit a buco over the middle in those big windows. It's great. And you love Marvin getting open because he can win off the jam or off a press bail, whatever it is, because he's just so hyper elite. Yeah. But when you're working with the guys that we have, you know, and the quarterback, I just thought creative, quick game, crossers, slants, RPOs that put a little bit of question in the defender's mind and make very, very and or decisions for our young quarterbacks and a line that had not played together, you know, but in this football game, yeah. uh, th there were ways offensively that you could have schemed up uh, better protection, even against guys who were getting beaten one-on-one -on -one situations. There's a back there ready to hit that guy, as opposed to being a free runner to the quarterback, instead of scat releasing that back quickly, you know, getting yeah. him into a route and releasing five. At some point you have to go, if we can't protect, it doesn't, we can release seven and there's still, and guys can be open. If we don't have the time to throw the football and throw it accurately, we're never going to get a first down. And then I just think like, you know, we didn't run the, the game was always within reach. Uh, so we yeah. didn't run the ball all that successively, successively. It was three to you know. nothing going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, Travion had a, had a decent game, you know, he didn't pop the big run, you know, like, yeah. like he had in that, like, like I'll say that last five game stretch of the football season, but we were making yards on the ground. I just thought there's ways creatively uh, that we could have used Missouri's aggressive nature, you know, rushing those young quarterbacks against them, bubble screens, tunnel screens, you know, jet sweeps. Uh, again, the implementation, I mean, Cade Stover, you know, who was playing on one leg, essentially, yeah. Um, yeah. sacrificing his body for his team. Like, are, are there not ways where we can just, you know, run little Travis Kelsey type read routes against zone where he just sits down? you know, uh, for four yards, turns and gets six by falling forward. And now you're in second and four, you know, yeah. I thought there were situations where uh, coaching could have helped the players that were actually playing the game, uh, which I don't think happened. Yeah. Right. Uh, well, by the way, Ryan, Ryan admitted that after the game, uh, you know, especially when they were throwing a bunch of zero coverage, you know what I mean? Zero backside at them. There were all kinds of ways they could have gone. My point was, that should have been expected. I mean, you should yes. have been expecting them to come after your first time starting quarterback and then your freshman quarterback. That should have been that should have been so much a part of the game plan to counter that. And you didn't see it. I mean, no. I mean, no. I, that that's a fail. That's a fail. And then the offensive line, there's nobody on that offensive line that has video coming out of that game. They want to show anybody. No. In my no. opinion, they they all took turns. Uh being a turnstile, you know, and yeah. when Devin Brown boldly, bravely went back into the game uh, and got smashed uh, on a just a speed rush around Josh Simmons, the deep, the left tackle, the guy just ran and just smashed him into the ground about as hard as you can smash a quarterback into the ground. Here's Devin Brown out there trying to play on one foot. That that to me, that to me was the was the uh, what do you want to call it the example play of how things went poor and then really bad for the high state offense do you agree with that i i agree completely and i think that uh you know even the run game the run game we were when we got yards it wasn't like we were mauling them it was yeah. like we were just covering up and we had an elite back running behind you exactly know, uh, a covered up offensive line and that's the reason why we couldn't pop the big run 
because we weren't, you know, comboing up to the backer and there was an unblocked safety that makes it for a seven yard gain. So it's just, it was, I'd say it, it wasn't the Ohio state football we had even seen in the 11, I'll say the 12 prior games. It wasn't right. the Ohio. And, and I, Marvin's an amazing player. Marvin's, you know, when he declares for the NFL draft, he'll be a top five draft pick, but you can't tell me the way that we recruit, especially at the wide receiver position. And the fact that we're, we're freaking Ohio state, we should get the pick of the litter, you know, of getting a top five quarterback every recruiting class if we want one. Yeah. That we got these guys that can't deliver, you know, that we can't deliver the football. So there's there's something, you know, there's something off. And I can't necessarily say, I know there's, you know, it's not that I'm on many fan boards, but I just, I dabble in it because I, I find it entertaining. <laughs> you dabble uh, in it. <laughs> uh, but it's like, I can't necessarily say, you know, and this is no, no, no shot against Brian Hartline, but like, Brian Hartline calling the plays isn't immensely going to be better, you know, because he's never called plays before. He's been yeah. giving insight to Ryan Day on play calling in their meetings and construction of a game plan, but not actively been on the card in a game. Yeah, I, I can also I can also say everybody wants to say you know Urban come back. Urban's sitting behind a desk right now talking about college football making three million bucks. Why Urban ain't back? coming back? Urban Why Urban would, is very happy with what he's doing. Go ahead, hundred percent. And then he, yeah. and then it's also the other name that gets thrown out there is Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel's making eight million dollars. You know on a rebuild in Tennessee and one of the worst divisions in football. So he's really not going to go there. And then frankly, like why I hate to say this. And that's why it's, I said this all season long, even last year, it's like, okay, everybody wants Ryan day gone, but like, who's the savior that they're going to anoint yeah. to like, actually like that you can guarantee is going to beat Michigan and guarantees going to, well, and now we're going to be a 12 team playoff, but be in the college yeah. football playoff. But like, Vrabel, you know, may not want to come here and just be, he's already under the NFL pressure. Why would he want to come here? Yeah. Alma mater, been a coach here, come back. You know, is he going to be able to recruit the quarterback? Is he going to be able to, you know, so there's just, you can say a lot of things and a lot of people can blow a lot of hot air, but the yeah. absolute execution of it has, is so many layers to it. Well, let's get um, to it. I mean, I want to ask yeah. you this. I mean, let's get, let's stay on the coaching front. Yeah. Well, where where are you most disappointed from a group standpoint on this with this team that maybe you think a change should be made or um you know I mean I don't know I mean you know I like Justin Fry a lot but that offensive line I mean never became that juggernaut offensive line you know no all through no. the season now they're dealing with some recruiting mistakes etc that were made before he ever showed up. You know what I mean? But, uh, but I'm just looking at that offensive line play on, on against Missouri. And I'm just going, that's, that was poor. I mean, that was yeah. like, that was like Southeastern Missouri playing Missouri offensively. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, but I mean, they were, they were intimidated. They were over, they were overmatched. They couldn't handle the speed. You're, you're going to hear these, just like you guys were here going into the, uh, you know, uh, you're going to hear that uh, this Southeastern Conference once again wins on speed. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's going to of be course. all. Well, well, Tim, Tim, the one thing that I think it why why it's so frustrating, disappointing, embarrassing because um, where we are, us in Michigan, we'll consider ourselves, and I'll you know we're the yeah. cream of the crop when it comes to the Big Ten. And yes. when you think when you think Big Ten football, what do you think, right? At least yes. you know, as I'll say, the 25 years of Big Ten football that you know I've either played in it or been a part of it, you think toughness and physicality, physicality right yeah uh, and then you look at that offensive line and it's the complete opposite of it it's in it's in shambles there's no physicality it's like we're playing on our heels and intimidated as opposed to imposing our will running the football when we want to protecting and again just and i mean think back to you know fields and Stroud and Haskins, you know, standing there like statues, almost to a fault to then be told to have to take off and run the foot, you know, run the yeah. football because yeah. they wanted their skilled receivers working down the field and they just want to stand there and wait for them to break open because the ball moves faster 20 yards down the field than you could take off and run it with your legs yeah. 20, 20 yards, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was none of that. <laughs> and I just, and I just don't know how you, I don't want to say fall because it's like, I mean, we did fall to Missouri, but like, how can the, and I think, and I, and I think it's also, uh, it's a gift and a curse to have the Michigan kid come out and say, Hey, I'm a hater. And I'd love to like 
kick them while they're down in Ohio State, but that's not the team that we played on November 25th. Yeah. I, and I I'm like, it, I, and I'm like, amen, brother. Like, it, yeah. it, it is, it's not even close. The competitive nature of the guys. I, and I think, um, and I'm not trying to think, I'm not trying to say that anybody like mailed it in, but like, did we enjoy Dallas Fort Worth area? you know, far too much ahead of the football game? Did we have too many young players that don't understand, you know, actually preparing to play a game because they, they didn't really have to do it uh, all season long because they were a backup. They were one play away. But, but, now but, but, but Matt, you know, there's just, been a lot said like that. But, I mean, Cal McCord left. We, we, You and I have already covered that whole deal. Cal McCord left after the regular season was over. But you look at the, the offense, they're missing Cal McCord, and Marvin Harrison Jr., their starting quarterback, and the Bulletnikoff Award winner, who opted out. And Julian uh, Fleming. Yeah. Yeah. He was a starter Fleming. all year. Oh, yeah. Exactly. I agree. Uh, but uh, but those guys, you know, either hit the portal or going to the NFL, uh, you know, you didn't have any other opt-outs, you know, offensively. But then they make the change on their offensive line, move, put Carson Hensman on the bench and move Matt Jones to, to center and uh, – Enoch Vamahi at right guard, and oh my goodness, that so wasn't geez. working. That wasn't working from the start. Carson Hensman's there, tried to get a straight answer from Ryan Day about why that move was made. Said something about the way, you know, things had gone the last couple of weeks leading into the game. But middle of the game, you don't go back to your original because you had your original line line lineup right there in front of you which did a decent job on occasion this year. Even at Michigan, that great drive they had in the second half where they tied the game. My point is there was no, there was never a change made in there. You no. know, there were, there were some occasionally uh, early, there were some defensive linemen coming in disguised as linemen or, or backup linemen coming in, you know, when they wanted to go overload or something, but otherwise the, the, the revolving doors just kept operating all night. And you're right. They were beating them with four-man rush. And, 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 and Tim, uh, having kind of like – and I know it's in, at the high school level and even at some college level to be able to like, you know, rub elbows with some coordinators. And and and, and I'm not trying to make an excuse for anybody no. because to your point about the offensive line, no change was made. And then even as the game went on, when, you know, you're playing with Lincoln Klein – how do you say his last Keen name? Keenholes. Keenholes is the quarterback. You, you're still running those down-the-field concepts, right? You're yes. not giving him opportunity, those quick opportunities. Agreed. What, what, what can happen in a game is – because you've prepped now for three weeks to a month on you know, preparing for the way that you things are gonna, that things are going to go with your guys and with what you think you're going to see out of Missouri, that sometimes you can get – that what you have in front of you becomes like your, your Bible, and you feel like you can't deviate from the three weeks worth of work that you've put in. So you keep digging through those files that you thought and looked really good, all bull prep, and you yeah. never go, well, why don't we just go off script? You know, and, and so there are coaches that are following processes that are following, you know, their, their workflow that has always worked for them. But I just think there's also got to be, you know, is there one guy on staff that just goes, hey, guys, you know, and that's where like, work I – I creatively sometimes, you know, you can insert your foot in your mouth when you say it. And some people get a little pissed about it because there's yeah. a lot of ego and control involved in play calling where you just go, dude, yeah, to your point, this ain't working. Why don't we X, Y, Z, you know, instead of yeah. just saying this ain't working and you bitch and complain about it, yeah. you go, this ain't working. Why don't we go quicks? Why don't we go max protection? Why don't we go? Why don't we work a little East West to slow these guys down? And then we start knifing them. And that's, that's going back to the urban era. Yeah. Urban wanted to stress you wide to loosen you, and then he wanted to knife you with those downhill, you know, zone reads, you know, cute quarterback power type runs. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, that's to your point. You asked about what you like, what you didn't like. I think what you have to like about it is uh, nothing about the offense. And then you know, to go over the other side of the ball as a defender, you like you really like a lot of what you saw out of the defense. Uh, I think they're they're stingy. They're, they're aggressive. You know, you still had, you know, you had no, you know, no Tommy Eichenberg. Uh, you had Jack Sawyer playing out of his mind, which is what, you, you know, we as Buckeye fans expected, you know, for the last three years as yeah. the, the highly touted recruit there out of Columbus that he was. But uh, you know what? No matter if he came late in the year, I mean, the last half of the season, he was, you could see him getting better every week. Yeah. And whether it came finally for Jack Sawyer, man, I mean, wow. Well, and remember, it was, you know, my, I was also critical of those guys early in the season, though, yeah. like, you know, him and JTT, those splash plays, like, where are they? Yes. You know, they're just, they're just guys. 
um, doing their job, and that's okay. They might have a winning grade, but they're not making the plays that we, as Buckeye fans, are accustomed to out of our defensive ends. Bosa Brothers, Chase Young, you know, I even said Taekwon Lewis. These guys that yeah. just show – John Simon, they just show up in big moments and make the play. Sam uh, Hubbard. He's done it against yeah. – yeah, Sam Hubbard. You, I mean, you name it. So, um, But then also, ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, just like the Michigan game, when the defense needed to get a stop and be, be the stingiest – and if your offense is struggling, you know, yeah. Michigan goes goes on a, what, a six, seven-minute drive to kill the game, you know, against yeah. us and not give the opportunity back to our – the ball back to our offense. You know, Missouri, I think both drives in the, were in the fourth quarter, maybe – Well, they ended, the yeah. The, the yeah. one was going on at the but transition, yeah. Two but drives of over eight plays quarter. that go for – one goes for 91, go, one goes for 95. Yeah. And I think if you scripted it as the game flow, it's like there's no way Missouri's going to go down the field and score, and they do. There's no yeah. way that Missouri is going to go down the field, the, the score, the field again on this defense and score again, and they do, yeah. uh, and it's just so unfortunate. And it's not, uh, it, but you have to love the step that was made by you know Coach Knowles and this defense. Uh, I do think there's, you know, some, uh, and, I'll, and I'll call it the second, you know, not having Tommy Eichenberg hurt us, you know, Steele and John and Simon, uh, you know, did the best they could running around, but they're just they're making tackles. They're not making plays. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. when you go back to the era of the, I'll call it like Ohio State's linebacker U era. You know, that's Josh Perry. That's James Laronitis. That's A.J. Hawk. You know, that's Bobby. You know, throw myself in there. That's Cassin Moyer. Yeah. We would have two a game, two splat, two tackle, two TFLs, a, you know, a game, a forced fumble, a recovery, a punt, you know, a peanut punch, an interception, a PBU, a something. You know, yeah. we were just around the football. And it seems like, see, and I know the game has changed. Don't get me wrong. There's four wide, three wide, you know, almost in every play out of shotgun. So it's different. Uh, but we look like spatially just making tackles, not making plays at the second level. Um, so we'll see. It's going to be a very yeah. interesting time now that, uh, you know, what is Mike Hall's already declared? Does Denzel yeah. Burke come back? You know, how many of these guys that, you know, Ryan Day has kind of rallied around that said there's some unfinished business. They've said there's some unfinished business. Now, does what they've said coincide with what they're going to do? Yeah. Coming yeah. out of this bowl game. It is interesting because, like, Bobby Bowden had this great line. Uh, you remember Bobby Bowden, the late Bobby Bowden, head coach yes. of Florida State. He, he would talk to his teams at halftime. And if his team was leading at halftime, he said this every time. He goes, now, I, you know, he's making adjustments. And he'd say this one thing. He'd go, all right, now, defense, you know, they don't score in the second half. We win. You know what I mean? Yeah. It sometimes comes down to the three to nothing. Yeah, we'd be sitting there almost having the same podcast here. But yeah. Three to nothing would have been a win. And we'd be sitting boy, up a little higher, chest out a little bit. You'd you be know. talking about yeah. this defense like, oh my goodness, you know. Uh, yeah. And you're exactly right. It, it is a, a team game. And, you know, Jack Sawyer and JT Tupola, when I talked to them after the game, they understood that. I thought the, the defense played its heart out in that game. I do too. Uh, this is they held that team what uh 25 or uh, what what's the number 15 15 20 points below its average you know that's yeah, I mean, good quarterback enough. only threw for 128 the running back you know only ran for i mean he was a, a heisman candidate for yeah, most like of the year pre- like you preface with i mean 14 you should have won that game uh 21 20 to 14 you know 24 14 21 14 yeah, yeah 27 14 it's just it was sad and it's i just i felt I don't feel bad for anybody, but I feel like, you know, there were ways while watching the football game that as a football guy, like I could call a play that can get a completion for Lincoln Kynes, uh, Kynholes, whatever Keenholz, his name is. Keenholes. Keenholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just like I, I could call a play, you know, with yeah. a with a, with a a turnstile, you know, offensive line that I can call a play to get a completion, to build a little confidence in this kid that will put us in a, in a, you know, keep us on schedule as opposed to always playing behind the sticks. And then, yeah. you know, that's when Missouri's going to pin their ears back and bring that pressure and roll some coverage behind us to confuse them. Yeah. And the thing about it is, I know a lot of people have judged Devin, my, my middle kid, you know, I've seen enough of Devin Brown. That was after his second possession. And I'm just going, dude, he's making his first start. He's going against a team that's coming after him. Give him time to, like, get a feel for things. I mean, because it's the speed of the game there. I mean, Missouri's defense came out like their hair was on fire. But Ohio yeah. State did manage to get a field goal and then miss a field goal. So there was some progress made. But, sure. but, the, but the thing about Devin Brown was, I mean, I, I was thinking all month leading up to it, if they lose Devin Brown, 
early in this game, I thought we were going to see exactly what we saw. And uh, But then past that, the play got hurt on. It was actually a great call. It was a quarterback draw, but one guy beat an offensive lineman, and boom, he just kind of gets, you know, and you saw the play. Devin kind of is Cle- – Cleats get stuck in the turf, yeah. Exactly. But – if he gets by that guy, there's like 20 yards for anybody touches. Yeah. You understand? Sure. That was what he that was what he was going to bring to the table. And so it's always all about serendipity or happenstance from one play to the next of how things work out. But like you said, to then be lit, I mean, not since the college football playoff uh semis against Clemson in the Fiesta Bowl back in 2016 when they got shut out. 31 to nothing on high state. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about urban urban's had some, you know, was literally unbeatable in the postseason. but that night they just got cold cocked. Well, that, that's and, the one and had no one. answers. So is this feels a lot like that in a way. It does. And that's what but the I next think, year they come back. You know what I mean? Go sure. Ahead. But the, I think the one thing that is unique when you look at some of these, again, you look at Ryan day and the immense, you know, winning percentage and the the number of games that he's actually won at Ohio State. Yeah. But I think where you have to be extremely critical, and I and this is what I hope for him and his staff is you look at the losses. The losses are setting like historically bad data points. You know, with the yeah. with the lack of, you know, defense getting stops and the lack of offensive success, losing on third down, can't yeah. score a touchdown, settling for field goals, can't get points, can't score, can't get creative enough or can't deviate again. Against, from that against, against equally good teams. That's what yeah. I mean. Yes. I mean, and that's, that's the standard, you know, that's, uh, uh, and in this case, again, I can't necessarily say, gosh, I actually didn't feel bad at all for Florida state, but I had a really good feeling that the same thing would have happened to us against Georgia had we played them. Wow. Yeah. Maybe yeah. not 60 to three or whatever it was. Yeah. But, but I mean, but I'm talking 35 to 35, 10, 35, three. There's no, there's no evidence to the contrary. I, I agree. I mean, based it, on the way the offense played. And you just got to yeah, look at, I mean, you know, Georgia's going to be better than Missouri at every position because of who they've been winning the last new national championships yeah. and the way they recruit. So yeah. they're naturally going to have better players. And if the Missouri kids were, you know, turning our offensive linemen and turnstiles and we couldn't get open against Missouri defensive backs, it's like, what's to say that we wouldn't have done the same thing against Georgia? And I know that yeah. FSU had, you know, what, a, a dozen kids hit the yeah. transfer oh. portal or, de- or declare. More than uh, that, but yeah, horrible. I, I, think it was, I think it was 25 scholarship players that were yeah. out. But yeah. still, I, I can't necessarily say that the, the team that we trotted out against Missouri would have had any different – would have been any different against Georgia. Yeah. It's just yeah. – and so that's where we stick out. And, I, and at the end okay. of the day, here's what it comes down to. I, I'd like to, you know, dive it into the, like now that Fry, I'm not calling for anybody's head. I think that, yeah. you know, it's on day to reevaluate his staff. And again, I trust him making whatever decisions, but it'll be interesting to see the the recruits that Fry's actually, you know, helped bring to Ohio State and where they stack up and from a competition standpoint for next year. Where the, who are they going to, who, where are the position battles on that O-line in the spring? Because, if we can't run the football and we can't protect whomever, whether it's Lincoln, whether it's Devin Brown, whether it's Aaron Nolan, or whether it's some guy that you know falls out of the sky from the transfer portal, if we yeah. can't protect him, he it's the, the product's gonna look the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Too bad, uh, Matt. Real quick before we go, uh, obviously we're recording this. Uh, we're truth and advertise. We're recording this on New Year's Day, uh, midday before the. Uh, College football playoff games are taking place. Alabama uh, taking on Michigan, and uh, obviously Texas and Washington. But uh, the, I, I think I think the feeling right now, and this is just you know, quote, being honest. You're, we're always honest, but really being truly honest is you're coming out of this postseason. I am thinking Ohio State. Right now, I do not put Ohio State in that elite class like that, like I had them going into the year. And I, I thought Ohio State was going to win the game. I, my pick was 31-20. But, I mean, the way the last two games of the season have gone the last two years, right, I don't uh, I don't have Ohio State in that what I'd call that upper four or five elite right now. They've got to get back to there. I mean, do you agree with my assessment at this point coming out of – two straight years like this where you lose in essence your last two games of the year. 
I, I, I do, when they really I do, matter. I, you know? I do agree with you, uh, but I do think there's a couple of games going on today, like the uh, uh, and I know that uh, Oregon Liberty. I think it's going to be a runaway. Oregon, yeah. Oregon's going to pull off what they kind of like they did against Colorado and probably put fifty on Liberty. Yeah, to prove a point. But I think you know Oregon Washington. Uh, you know, old Pac-12, new Big Ten teams. Yes. I think how the, how they play today uh, is. I also think I think like you look at Washington. Is it going to be sustainable? You know, if Penix leaves to go to the NFL, are they still going to be what Washington has been the last two football seasons? Uh, so I think us in Oregon, you know, are you know right on the cusp on on that outside the top four. I think you know Georgia. Georgia scored 60 because they could. I think Georgia scored 60 to show everybody that they thought they were one of the best four teams in the country. And when one of the two, if the two, either of the two games later today aren't a good game, everyone's going to start saying Georgia should have got in because, you know, two-time national champion and unfortunate late loss, you know, in the yeah. SEC championship game to Bama. Yeah. Um, but I think you got, you got to put Michigan there because of what Harbaugh's been able to do, you know, to us and to every other opponent and to get CFP the last three years. Uh, Bama's never out of the conversation. And we found that out this year when everybody yeah. counted them out, then all they did yep. was just win every game, you know, after yep. Texas. Uh, again, I, I talked about Washington and Oregon. And I think, you know, you look at Georgia, um, Texas, or te yeah, Texas. I want to see Texas and Florida state sustain what they're doing. Texas going to the sec, uh, and sustain that winning. And I'm not trying to say outside top 12, you know, for next year, I'm saying yeah. can sex with Sarkeesian with those, cause they're getting top, you know, top five recruiting classes every year. Can they sustain this success? What happens with yours? Does he leave? Does, you know, arch takeover is very interesting dynamic. Uh, you know, P Penn state, Penn states, but Penn states, we're kind of in the Penn state zone now, you know, that six to 11, you know, where we had always been inside that top five, we've kind of fallen out of that top five, which I just mentioned. And now we're always kind of like Penn state, Penn states a really good football team wins all the games they're supposed to win and none of the big games, yeah. you know, and now because Ohio, because we are Ohio state and I'm going to put us, you know, in that, you know, elite category with this narrative, but it's like losing to another elite team the last three years in Michigan, not playing, you know, or getting to the college football playoff last year, not playing it this year, losing to Georgia, even though we should have been, that's the thing. I mean, in hindsight, uh, we make a kick as the ball drops last year. We win a national, we're a national champion last year, yeah. you know, yeah. football. Um, it's football. And uh, I also just think you look at this year, if we beat Michigan, um, I can't, this is a whole nother show, Tim. I it know is it like, is. We're going to do another we, one on it. If but, we, uh, if we beat, if we beat Michigan. Yeah. Um, and beat Iowa and we're in the college football playoff, Kyle McCord's still our quarterback. Yeah. Uh, does Marvin play in the CFP? Oh or does yeah. He, does he yeah, opt he, out? Yeah. Uh, he would have played. Yeah. Right. Uh, how many of those guys that hit the portal, hit the portal i'd say half still do because they're unhappy that they're never gonna yeah. play at Ohio State. oh yeah they're gonna go find an yeah. opportunity the other half stay i think you know and pursue a national championship uh but i'll say this i still even if kyle mccord beats michigan i still question is kyle mccord the guy going into next season he starts as the starter but can devin brown or lincoln or aaron noland in a healthy competition beat him out and is and is and are we better served at Ohio State with one of those other guys besides Kyle because yeah. I think Kyle had some blemishes in his game that was nothing like Stroud, Fields and Haskins and Barrett, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that we're so accustomed to. Uh so I mean, are we better to have this crossroad conversation now than, you know, have it a year from now, you know, with Kyle McCord, you know, potentially winning a national championship and still might not be the guy. Yeah. Exactly. It, I mean there was like we talked you and I talked about it earlier and other people did too, but uh, you know, there was just as, as well as Kyle played statistically, there was just something, you know, and, and Ryan, they kept kind of saying it. We left some things out there. You know what I mean? I'm talking about, but, what's, but I, but I also you know what I mean? like what's, what's statistics. Yeah. When you look at, and I'll say that like the Stroud field statistics are in like this yeah. crazy tier, Other zone. Right? like, yeah. like untouchable area, but even yeah. drop, even drop the 45 touchdowns to 35. Yeah. Kyle was eight short of 35. Oh, yeah. No, but I'm saying, you know, so, but he played, for the most part, all year he played well enough, but there were these moments in games, even when Ohio State seemed to have control of the game, where he just, it seemed like he zoned out. You know what I mean? There were, yeah. that's what I'm talking about. And you and I talked about that before, the yeah. production. And, you know, Ryan Day, you know, whatever you think of Ryan Day, Ryan Day, like any other coach, judges offensive performance on production of touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. 
And yep. that's what you talked about. And then, boom, the epitome of what you're talking about, we just watched in the Cotton Bowl, Zippo on touchdowns. Right. Yeah. And that just sort of like puts, in my opinion, an exclamation point on what finally was wrong with this team. Yeah. Uh, the offensive line failed it at the wrong time. And they didn't have a dynamic quarterback, especially when Devin Brown limped off. You didn't have the dynamic quarterback to save the day. I'm yeah. not sure. You know, it would have been interesting. That's what's got to get fixed. Uh, and you know that. And, you know, we're talking about one year. A year ago, C.J. Stroud had a ridiculous year. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. this was a one-year thing, but it seemed like uh, – it seemed like longer than that. You know what I mean? I don't know how to when, – once, you, once you're at the top of the – once you're at the top of the canyon, then you go back down in the canyon. But you know, you know what, Tim, and I'll and I'll say this though, and and, and I'll just say when you look at, and I'll use uh, like Bama and Michigan as as an example. Um, both of them, with like, just I'll say Bama, like Jalen Milrow was like, I mean, they benched him at some point mid season. Yeah, and then they know? tailored their offense around him, and boom. That that's what I mean. So it's my whole point is like they. It's the, the, the in-season flow where everything's not going great and, right. you know, a monkey wrench gets thrown in, you recover from it, and you're better because of it. Um, but I think, like, when you look at Bama, it's like, you know, Bama kind of stands for something, right? Yeah. They're always going to play great defense with Saban. They're always going to have explosive playmakers on offense. Now it's just about calling the right plays and going out and doing it, which is also yeah. the hard part for these high school kids or these, you know, college kids. But then you look at Michigan, it's like J.J. McCarthy doesn't have to be C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields for True. Michigan because they have an identity to go win football games yeah. because it's about playing great defense and running the football. And JJ McCarthy just can't make mistakes with the football off of play action or drop back pass. Yeah. It's you put them, you put them in the bubble and it's like, this is the template to win. And I think that's the one thing that for, for, for Buckeye fans this year with, and I'll just say to go back to Cal McCord and now this bowl game is like, it was all kind of clunky all year and never really all that smooth yeah. and and i and mccord having to force the football to marvin late when everybody in the stands hundred thousand people at the big house hundred thousand people at the horseshoe no cal mccord when push comes to shove is going to try to force that football or ryan day is going to call that play to have kyle mccord force that football to his number one target yeah. when we needed the accessories to be able to distribute that football which makes us extremely dangerous because we have three four and five stars at every position you know on, on offense at, as a skill standpoint and we need all of them to step out which makes us that becomes the identity and i think that was what was so dangerous about stroud and fields it's like a buka could go off you had J, uh, jsn could go off garrett wilson and alave and marvin and it's like in all of them playing together is what that was our identity protecting yeah. that passer and distributing it, the football to our playmakers, both on the ground and through the air. Right. And now we've lost that. The, the last play against Michigan, Marvin Harris, I mean, uh, Cal McCord gets hit as he throws. The ball goes down. Uh, the guy makes a diving interception. Uh, offensive line gaff because uh, uh, Donovan Jackson Donovan Jackson tripped over Carson Hensman's foot and lets a guy just come free right at the quarterback. Yep. You know, basically the last play that mattered for Ohio State in the bowl game was Lincoln Keenholz getting hit and fumbling and that's my point is it start always starts i don't care who you got a quarterback you, you ever even heard of brady cook four years ago no missouri's quarterback but he delivered a couple of three huge plays yeah. which made the difference on those drives whether it was running or throwing and putting the ball right on the money the point was he had time to do it for the most part yeah and so it always starts up front and Nobody's going to push me off of that stop, that stance. Uh, they, from the get-go, this offensive line had problems, kind of settled out as the season went on against in what I call lesser opponents. <clears throat> but when push came to shove in the two biggest games of the year, it wasn't there. So yep. that's that's my that's my take on it. Hey, last thing I want to ask you. Uh, is there anything about this? Just in the short nutshell, is there anything about this defense you want to see even evolve even more uh, after a year of Jim Knowles, them not giving up the big play? Well, Missouri hit a couple. Let's put it that way. But uh, for the most part, not giving up the big play. What do you want to see this defense different about this defense a, a year from now when we're talking? 
Uh, I would love to see, uh, and I know it it mildly goes against you know what we became this year. Um, and I'm I'm not in any trying to say like get blitz happy. I'd love to see a little bit more creativity in the in the in the blitz game, and that's really kind of coming from our se- you know second level. That's you know the integration of Sunny Styles, you know in and around the box, being a little bit more active as a blitzer, uh, yeah. and a, you know three five times a game. I'd love to see, and it just this goes back to some of my days both at Ohio State and then of course the National Football League is you know some of that middle dog cross stuff. You know that's D'Antonio, uh, that's you know Mark Snyder, that that whole Mel, you know Mel Tucker, middle, you know middle dog cross where you're bringing both backers. Yeah. You know, um, you know forcing some of your defensive events who aren't. You know, you're not dropping the Bosa brothers. The Bosa brothers are coming. But if your guys aren't getting home on the edges, you know, have them drop back, you know, yeah. in, in certain situations to close some of those windows and bring, you know, bring your inside backers. I know we brought Tommy. We brought five, a decent portion. But I think when you look at Georgia and you look at Bama, which, you know, at the high school level, like we're we're watching them to integrate at Ed's, you yeah. know, how we evolve and get better, right? Uh, yeah. With some of those concepts, blitz game, roll coverage behind it. I just think there's some there's some creative ways uh, to do that, but then on the flip side, I thought you know we took a big step, and I think if you're also if you're a Cleveland Browns fan, you look at what you know Schwartz has done with the Browns defense. It's like yeah. you have elite guys up top, uh, up front, and everybody's doing their job in the back end. You can like like Missouri did against us. You rush for drop seven and make that quarterback. Yeah, find you know throw great balls under duress with Miles yeah. Garrett or Jack Sawyer or JTT or you know uh, Zadarius Smith you know bearing down on you and you have to deliver the ball accurately. So I think it's it's there's a push pull to it. So I think the evolution of a little bit more creative uh, creative blitz game with uh, some disguise coverage behind it as opposed to just playing you know just typical cover three zone or uh, or man three. Matt Wilhelm, as always, you you bring the heat uh, even on simmer, even on simmer. You know what I mean? So these points, you got to listen, ladies and gentlemen. That's how you make stew, right? Yeah. Get Bama out there Texas on national summer. championship, Tim. Bama uh, Texas national championship. And, and, and ladies and gentlemen, truth and ever, I'm sitting in my brother's uh, 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 weekend ranch, he calls it, here in, right outside of Grange, Texas. Uh, as I told Matt at the beginning, and the games of the the games of the year have not been played yet as we record this. But I've got, uh, you know, I think Washington. This is we're recording before the game. Michael Penix Jr., man, if you if if they're in the game in the fourth quarter, this guy figures out a way to get down yeah. the field with his football team. Yeah. But I like I like Texas and I like Alabama and uh I see a rematch. Do you see the same thing? I do too. I've been uh and it, and it's not a I think the the Washington Texas game is probably going to be scored in the 30s, you know, uh yeah. 36 33, you know, 38 35 something like that. And yeah. I think that the the Bama Michigan game is probably going to be in the twenties, you know, 24, 21, 27, 24. Uh, but it's it's going to be a defensive battle. It's probably going to be boring at some point to some fans who want the sexy, you know, high scoring football game, but they're going to get that later at night. Uh, but I think you know Bama Nick Saban on defense with Jalen Milrow uh, on offense and what Michigan does to stop him, uh, you know, with his legs, uh, but also improved as a passer as the season went on. So um, oh yeah, it's a uh, I was excited to have Bama get in. I also have to say that it was hilarious when they were showing the Michigan team room, them expecting to get Florida State in with you know all those opt outs and and yeah. no quarterback. They seem the more disappointed. They seem more disappointed than Florida State did. I mean. yeah. They were like, ah, oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, they wanted the layup to get to the national championship, and they're not going to get that layup. Uh, no layup. But but things are changing both at Ohio State. I think things are changing uh, along the college landscape between NIL transfer portal. I think you know the the evolution of you know sign stealing to headsets will change you know the college yeah. game as we know it. Yeah. Uh, you know some of the allegations against Michigan, what happens to Harbaugh? You know, regardless of whether they win today or play in the national championship, win the national championship, uh, those other violations that came out. So it's uh, yeah, going to be a very interesting off season for college football. Yeah, hey, we're going to come back you know later in the month and we're going to talk about some things, especially the, like you just talked about, for example, probably going to headsets uh, or, in you know, headset uh, helmets next year, I, I would think. But how that's going to change the dynamic of Ohio State even calling plays because, you know, uh, they're used to, like, being out there spread out, the play coming in. The quarterback doesn't really call the play. It's called no. from the sideline. Now the quarterback's going to have to distribute the play, you know, 
via yeah. a, a huddle or something like that. Yeah. That's going to change things. I mean, uh, it is. And it's also going to change. It's going to change the pace of games. It's going to yes. I'll say like for, like for Lane Kiffin, you know, yeah. who wants to like, I want 75 offensive plays. Like that's the goal. They want yes. to, you know, they want a sugar huddle. They want a muddle huddle. They want to go no huddle and push the pace of the football game. And this will naturally uh, slow things down. It'd be slow interesting to see if it's going to be mandatory, if it's going to be, you're going to opt into it, uh, yeah. how it's going to go. Uh, it's going to yeah. be very interesting. Yeah, I would I would think there could be no rule that says you can't signal in plays if that's the way you want to do it, you know, but but you're kind of living in the past if you stick with that based on what we've seen, you know, and the evidence has come out, et cetera. Because everybody in one form or fashion is trying to steal signals, even at least once a game again. So yeah. this is an this is the next step toward the NFL NFL occasion of college, major college football. Yeah. I'm not sure. I like everything that's going on in all kinds of ways, but we'll touch on that later. I'm going to make one last little pitch too. And this is, uh, again, as a former player who did not receive a dollar of NIL money, uh, the the Ohio State has the largest alumni base in the entire world because of the undergrads at Ohio State. All of you, if you want to see Buckeye football get better and you want to support the program, you got to pump some money into a collective, whether that's 1870 society or, or wherever it's to play at the level, you know, it's very clear that we can't get away with just getting the kids that we always get and developing them in our program and then going out and playing their best and, you know, representing the Scarlet and gray the way we want it to, to compete, to compete there, there's money involved now. And I think that our fan base, uh, needs to support their players uh again whatever it may be you know give what you can but it's to to go to go buy the players that'll go buy us and win us if i told you we had these three players you know in our recruiting class we'd beat michigan win the big 10 championship and play for college college national championship would you donate yeah you know yeah that's what it's going to take you know uh it's just amazing this is like a Southern Baptist church now, man. They're passing the plate, you know. <laughs> I mean, but it's just you know what I'm talking it's, about. It's, it's, it's a business now. I think yeah. that you know Ohio State is was was late to the game on the NIL to begin with. I think Notre Dame's even further from it because they feel like they offer more value with what Notre Dame represents. But they're going to have to become a player to oh, go with yeah. the kids that are going to make them relevant. Otherwise, they're yeah. going to fade into the shadows. Well, two straight years they're going to be playing with a transfer quarterback. Notre Dame is Sam Hartman, and then now right. the kid from Duke. Uh, yeah, I love that. Yeah, I like I like that guy a lot, man. Yeah, uh, man, yeah. that was a guy I would have gone after. I think Ohio State did make inroads. And you see, uh, Cam Ward like actually declared for the NFL draft, yeah. so he's not going to yeah. play college he's football. He's not going to so. play. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tim, for having right. me. Absolutely, Matt. You know that, man. And uh, I will see you later this month. And ladies and gentlemen, we'll see you next week. Happy New Year.